1: Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share their real life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor. And I'm
0: Michelle Scharf. (laughs) I'm excited about
1: today's. It's Christmas. (laughs) It's Christmas. You're wearing a lovely Christmas sweater. We will be sure to post a photo of my sweater in the show notes so that you know.
0: (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. I don't own any Christmas sweaters. Now we
1: all know what to get, Michelle, for Christmas. (laughs) I know. I
0: really actually want a collection of them, so please do. Size large. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, we are going to talk about Christmas, and then we're going to kind of move on from Christmas and talk about your
1: favorite holiday. It's going to be so great. First, we'll dive into Christmas because it's Christmas week. Yeah. And we can't be that much of a Bahamig to just skip Christmas. So I guess <laughs> we'll jump in. But Michelle, uh, before we started today, you were talking a little bit about some tips you found about Christmas and grief. Christmas is an awesome, exciting time. It's the yeah. most wonderful time of the year. And it can be a really heavy time for people who are facing struggles of all kinds, emotional challenges, financial challenges, health challenges. It's like Christmas season is a magnifying glass. And I feel like grief is a magnifying glass. So you take Christmas and you take grief and then you magnify every little thing that maybe you kind of are okay with all year. And this time of year, as wonderful as it is, can be a lot. So I'd love if you'd share some of those tips you found. And then I've got a couple thoughts too on what we're doing at home.
0: We thought it would be good to go over some tips, but before we get into that, I want to say, hey, thank you, number one. Um, You definitely are on my SOS list, and I called you a few weeks ago. Um, I had a son who was in a motorcycle accident and almost lost his leg, could have lost his life. We thought he almost lost his life. Yeah, it was scary, and (laughs) I love that I can call you and, one, go, oh my gosh, I need support and then to look at you and go <laughs> i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh
1: but i did laugh in the hospital and say is this really happening is this really my life this is where we are well and i love it for those of you who don't know like michelle said um her son got in a terrible motorcycle accident it was a monday i yeah, want to say it and, was on john's birthday and john's birthday which again is a magnifying glass yes. right? right i think those certain days certain occasions it's not necessarily that the day is a trigger itself, but it magnifies whatever happens that day. And I remember you sent me a text that, oh my gosh, this has happened. I can't do this anymore. Life is too much. Was was the essence of it. And I said, I'll be right there. And you said, no, don't come. And I thought how interesting that even when we call for SOS, We can very quickly think, yeah, but you're busy, too, and you have a lot, too, so I'm not going to bother you, (laughs) too. I immediately said your kids need you. (laughs) And they do. And you needed me, and I needed to be able to be there for you. And I think that's the power of sometimes when you've been through something horrible and awful – you know that even though I knew I could not fix a thing, in mm-hmm. fact, I wasn't even allowed in the hospital room with you I because know. of COVID restrictions and things, but I could show up. Yeah. I maybe could do nothing else. I could show up. I could say, hey, Michelle, this is horrible. This is awful. I cannot believe, is this a movie? Somebody please bring out the candid camera and tell me I this know. is a joke. And I didn't do anything other than but, show up.
0: But you showed up, and and you showed up in a way that, <laughs> like you said, you're like, where's the cameras right because it's like <laughs> somebody tell me this is not really my life <laughs> it's like on some level this is like this is ridiculous we always talk about it's yeah. not one and done no i'm i i know as mothers both of our worst fears that we ever have to bury a child
1: yeah
0: it's my husband's birthday and it was a revisitation of grief and trauma and shock for me right as we were going and heading into thanksgiving weekend it was november 22nd
1: Right before Thanksgiving, it's a Monday. Uh-huh, right so before interesting Thanksgiving. that you mentioned that, and I'm going to throw a shout out to some of my other SOS friends, in addition to mm-hmm. you, who showed up for me on Halloween a couple of years ago when my son was very sick and he had problems with his heart and everything. Nobody could figure it out, and he was um, in the ER. It was Halloween time, which is my birthday. Yeah, it's also right before Brent died. It was the very first anniversary of his death, oh, and no. so again, we're all kind of right. in that super heightened emotions. And I was at the ER. I sent a text to some other widows that I know just basically saying, I can't do this. Same exact thing you said to me. Mm -hmm. And you know what two of them did? They showed up. Yeah. They came to the ER. Again, they're not medical professionals. They don't have a magic wand. They couldn't solve a thing, but they showed up. And in that moment when I saw your text, Mm -hmm. there was no question, I'm going to show up. And I think there's power in just, I'm going to show up. And, And what does show up mean? That can mean different things in different occasions, but it mostly means... I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. I acknowledge I can't fix it, but I'm still going to be here for you.
0: Yeah. And plug Minky Couture blankets (laughs) (laughs) because you shut up with one that was perfectly fitted for that size in the hospital. Yeah. You gave it for me, and I gave it to my son who was cold, and it was perfect. It's gray. He snuggled up to it. We, We are a very tactile family. My kids have inherited their mother's need to have multiple blankets around them at all times and it was such a source of comfort for him and he kept that in the hospital and and when he got home he used it all the time and again
1: wait I have to say one more thing the reason I showed up with a minky is because when Brent died somebody showed up with a minky for me I'd never had one before I'm like it's a blanket but I don't go to funerals or hospitals anymore without that gift of the blanket because of what it represents again I could show up I can't fix or solve anything but the blanket's warm, it's soft, it's comforting. It, it can be this, yeah. I can envelop you in love. And then I'm going to have to leave and go home to my seven kids. Well, you have to stay with your son and the doctors. But I love that we have that relationship when three years ago we didn't even know each other. I so know, it's Merry awesome. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I Me and Michelle have each other and we have you and you have us. And we hope that if you ever have a day like that, Find someone like our good friend Ganelian. Uh, she's the one that introduced list us to, to the, the SOS. SOS list. Yeah, who's on your SOS list? You've got to have what she say at least four five, or five. Five. Yeah.
0: She recommends and five, and I think it's a good idea. Hesitate
1: to use them.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So anyway, I just wanted to shout out for you for showing no, up for shout me. Out for we you. got through it, and it was. A How's he re- doing? It, he's doing good. It was a revisitation of that shock and grief and trauma, and it brought up all the things. Thanksgiving didn't go as planned. I did cook, and my daughter and I ate, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I had one daughter who showed up and, and ate with me, and the other kids had other plans, and I have a daughter who's estranged from me, and so it was not at all, but my holiday did not go as planned. But and you
1: love Thanksgiving. That's I your love, favorite.
0: It is my favorite. We did a whole episode on that was my favorite. did not go the way that I had hoped, the way I had planned, but it, it was still okay, and the blessing of, of the holiday was I didn't bury a child and he didn't lose his leg. They told me at first they were going to amputate from the knee down. Then they told me it was probably going to be the foot. And then they were able to save it. And he's so in recovery wonderful. right now. Probably will be another 12 weeks before he's walking on it.
1: And isn't it great that we can, you know, we talk about resilience all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think resilience really comes into play when things don't go as planned, when it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, when you feel hopeless, devastated, lost, overwhelmed, confused, that's when resilience really has to kick in. And I have found I can never get it to kick in on my own. I always need you or someone Mm -hmm. else. And I think that's hopefully one of the messages we've shared on this show is that you can be resilient as you want in your head, but real resilience through life and everything it throws at us, I think it involves other people and we need to need
0: each other. We've gone over that list a million times. And the research shows that part of it is being absolutely truthful with what your circumstances are, being able to really be able to see the circumstances for what they are, not for what you hope that they would have been. Or what you wanted to try to force them them to be, but for what they are. And then to, to gather your support group, gather people around you and people that you can rely on, talk through things and just have that, that safety net and support. And it's important. So here comes Christmas. So here comes Christmas. So, Now we're at Christmas time. Maybe somebody's lost a child. Maybe someone's lost a parent or a friend. You know, we lose friends, too. Well, grief,
1: like we always talk about, grief is so broad. I mean, the grief could be you've lost your job or you've lost a dream or you've lost an opportunity. It doesn't have to involve the death of someone. Right. It could be a failed marriage. You could
0: be divorced, you could be getting a divorce, you don't want you, a you know, failed
1: relationship with a child. child we both yeah, know how that feels. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So there's all different ways that, that we deal with it. Some suggestions are at this time of year that you can have a prayer before the holiday dinner about your loved one or have a, a moment of silence or whatever that may look like. You could light a candle for your loved one, create an online tribute for them. Share a favorite story about your loved one. Have everyone tell a funny story about your loved one. At your place of worship remember them in a prayer and chat online about them, which uh, I do frequently. I have been very open online and uh, I still so use I. <laughs> I use still John, John's Facebook page has not been memorialized. I hope it never does. Please don't don't tell don't, anyone that. Don't, Anyone that please don't. was
1: so public, it was memorialized I, before I could even log in.
0: I know it's please don't, please don't, because there's a lot of little treasures in there for me. But
1: okay. I write
0: to him messages, letters occasionally when my heart just gives me a opportunity, and sometimes because it's shared, you know, because I'm writing on his wall, it will go public. And that has been a resource for me and and a way to just kind of talk to him. And I feel like somehow energetically he gets that message. I know it's just on Facebook, but I feel like it goes out into the universe. And in some way, because other people read it, I feel like that message just gets put into the universal energy of the world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How great it is to say, here's what I'm feeling or processing. And so often we sit on those feelings. Mm -hmm. We harbor them. We keep them. We shove them under a rug especially if our person is dead and can't hear what we have to yeah. say. But how much better it is to throw it out there, whether it's in a journal. If you're more private, you could mm-hmm. do it on your own paper, your own journal entry. It wouldn't yeah. have to be online. But I'm with you. There are times when my emotions are so much. I find if I post something to this group of people that are friends mm-hmm. you know, from, from all across wherever they live, from whatever time of my life I knew them. I feel that, that energy, I love that you called that energy that connects us back together. And yeah. I think people are compassionate when they see us post something in general saying, Hey, today life's really hard. Right. We, we pause for a second. We become aware.
0: Well, I don't believe our spouses are gone. Right. So I, I do believe they exist. And I do believe that universal energy, <laughs> I, th- I think the universal energy is the consciousness of life so that when, we love that. when it's. When other people read it, it becomes a stream of consciousness and I believe it just kind of gets out there. And I feel like and somehow I know that when I voice things in my home, I feel like he hears them and I've had that confirmed to me. And so I, I don't think that he's really yeah. gone, gone, but um, anyway, it's a way for Those me are to some connect. Great suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Christmas is coming. And this is the difficult thing. There is a TikTok out there about um, a, a wife and husband who are planning like the strategy for like whose house, who gets more time, how, how the whole holidays are going to come together. I think it's hilarious. Um, but it's kind of like now when you have some tragedy that happens or, or some trauma that you're dealing with grief that you're dealing with, you've got to have some plans and you've got to have like maybe a plan A and a plan B. So I would say a plan A maybe is that you go through with a holiday dinner with family and friends. And if it doesn't feel right, you have a plan B. And plan B could be anything from watching a movie you both liked or looking through a photo album or going to a special place that you went together. And um, a lot of people will find that even if they just have that plan B In the back of their mind, they don't have to access it or use it, but it is an opportunity for them to say, I can step out of this uncomfortable situation, this situation where I'm here and he's not or she's not. And, you know, um, I I think that that's valuable. I think it's valuable to have
1: ready to go in place. It's like that safety net, the same Mm -hmm. safety net of calling a friend, the safety net of knowing I have another yeah. in my mind. I have an alternative. I, I don't feel trapped. right? Yeah. I don't have to be stuck here. I think sometimes that's where that anxiety kicks in in any situation is when we feel like there's no other option.
0: Yeah. So tradition at my house and because I had young kids and my kids are young adults now, John died, and then four months later, I was an empty nester as well. So the, I I got to do it all, and I was 49, and six months later, I turned 50. So it was a fantastic time of my life. <laughs> Let's just throw it all at, at, at the same time. So, you know, the first year, we gathered together as a family, and we tried to keep those traditions as normal as possible. The second year, I was building a home, and my daughter hosted the christmas eve and and usually i do christmas eve and so this year that's what we're doing again so i usually do a prime rib it's my big bougie night of the year where i go all out i love prime rib and um but i only eat it when i make it myself because i'm never going to pay those prices in the restaurant (laughs) and it's never as good as mine so why would i and so i make a prime rib i usually do it in asparagus uh with prosciutto wrapped asparagus and and some parmesan cheese and uh mashed potatoes and gravy and and some horseradish. And it is fantastic. It is simple. It is not overdone. And that's what we do. And then we unwrap presents, usually Christmas pajamas. And then uh, if my kids stayed over, we would do Christmas in the morning. But typically, everyone then goes on to other families now and, and other things. So by Christmas Eve, we're all wrapped up. And so Christmas Day has been challenging for me. And typically what I do is hang out and get up at some time around noon and go to a movie and then come home and go to bed. <laughs> it's usually that simple for me.
1: And you know what? It works for me. I'm not unhappy with yeah, that. I love it. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Michelle. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Christmas and yeah. some tips and tricks, and uh, then we'll jump over Christmas to my favorite holiday, which is New Year's. We'll be right back. Okay, so Michelle, I love the idea of prime rib. You'll have to share your recipe or how did you cook it. Um, we're still to the point, my kids are younger and... My husband and I both come from big families to where we still go visit grandmas. I I'm never the one hosting Christmas Eve. Oh my gosh. I never I never is... host Thanksgiving, so we'll get there but we it Jenny, works out. I'm so jealous of your life. Just That's come. Like... You can come. Um it works out really well and always has in our marriage. My husband's family tends to have more of a Christmas Day dinner and my mother has always been like you and it's more of the Christmas Eve. Tradition where we have a nice dinner. We open the pajamas. We act out Luke two with the little kids and shepherds and donkeys and stars. Aww. My baby Jonathan, who will be six in a minute here, was born two days before Christmas, and I came home from the hospital on Christmas Eve, and he was the baby Jesus in his debut Christmas. Oh, so I love that and story. So we do that, and it's lovely, and the kids have a lot of fun, and it, it's crazy and it's chaos because you know there's a there's a lot <laughs> of cousins, and and, cousins and they're all like excited. 50 yeah, we're you guys we are not a huge. A small, We are not a small group, but we love each other. And then usually Christmas morning we'll do – that's always been kind of ours. You know, Brent and I would wake up with the kids. We'd have Santa came. The kids have their stockings. They're excited to open their presents. And then usually Christmas daytime we'll meet up with Brent's side of the family. Um, Movies. I love that you mentioned a movie. We went to lots of movies on holidays growing up. And I think this year we're going to see a movie with cousins again. I will tell you these last few Christmases, I I don't love – Christmas which is too bad because I really love what Christmas is all about and this kind of plays into why I love New Year's so much but I'll get to that you know this is going to be our fourth Christmas with Brent gone he died in November which was shortly before Christmas and the first Christmas was just a blur of the whole world sub my kids and loving us and blessing us and it was I think someday I'll write a book about how these first couple of years have been a very Charles Dickens kind of life it's the best of times and it's the worst of times It's the best of times to see how charitable people get at Christmas. We love each other. We give to charity. We donate a a Christmas meal or a sub for Santa wish list on the angel tree. But then again, there's kind of that worst of times where you, at least for me, I feel Brent's absence more. Like Brent loved Christmas music way too early in the year, way too early in the year. Like Halloween and Christmas were his favorite, like transition to the music. Um, There's a CD in his truck. His truck is old enough. It has a CD player. It's Gentry, the musical trio group, oh, and it's yeah. their Christmas album. And this is the first Christmas I can listen to their music without absolutely losing it because oh. of the emotion it evokes. Yeah, And so even even Christmas music to me is like, oh, Brent. And he was just like a little kid. He never did any of the Christmas shopping. I always did. But he was just like one of the little kids on Christmas yeah. morning. And then he'd always do my Christmas shopping probably on Christmas Eve or the day before usually at Walgreens and Deseret Book, which is great. You can get a lot of good things at Mm -hmm. Walgreens and Deseret Book. And so we kind of just had this flow of what it was, and we both had our extended families to where a lot of our traditions were with cousins. You know, we spent a couple Christmases apart for deployments, so it's not like we've never done that before. But I'll tell you, the real. as I'm trying to be more honest with myself, and Mm -hmm. you really helped me there with some of the coaching you've given me, when I step back this time of year, I think the reason that Christmas feels so overwhelming to me isn't necessarily the holiday time, but it's the fact that it's the end of the year. And I, by nature, I'm trying to be optimistic. I really, I'm a faithful person. I really have a lot of hope. I believe life can be beautiful even with Brent not here. I'm with you. I believe he still exists. Mm-hmm. I believe he does see what I put on Facebook or scream out when I'm frustrated mm-hmm. with him. You know, I'll admit uh, this last couple of weeks I found myself... Kind of angry with him for the first time, and I haven't really experienced a lot of anger in the oh, time wow. since he died. So we're kind of getting there, but you know, I'll, I'll talk to him like, "Ah, oh, I get frustrated. Where are you? You should be helping me with this." And I really believe he still exists. I really believe I'm going to see him again. I really believe this is a temporary separation. I know all of that in my head, but I think what happens is I get so excited for new beginnings, new beginnings of January, new beginnings of a new school year, the new beginning of a new something, but then. I'm an optimist, but I'm a realist. And as reality starts to sink in, some of that optimism gets harder to hang on to. And I hit about October or November, which again is right around the anniversary of Brent's death. It's my birthday every year, which is like a reflective, what have I done with my life kind of time. It's become a very patriotic time in my hometown when we hang a flag in the canyon and everyone hikes to see it. And we have a devotional with a veteran speaker and kind of a lot happening these last couple of months of the year. And... Because I, by nature, I'm a very organized type A perfectionist person, I start to realize every imperfection and every unorganized piece. But then I get really excited for the new year because I'm like, we get to start again and January will come. Mm -hmm. And every year I tell myself this next year, oh, like I am not going to lie in my bag today with us. It is December. I have my planner all ready for next year. I was so excited to find one that started in October. (laughs) It was like a preview because you could get a head start on January, Mm -hmm. but it started in October. Didn't start in July. Didn't start with the school year. Started October, which is right when I start to kind of break down. And I've started to see the pattern. You know, Brent died three years ago, but he deployed four years ago, which means it's been almost five years ago since he was here. And Michelle, you and I both could make a list of a thousand ways the Earth has changed since Brent and John lived. I know. I mean, the pandemic has changed. Everything, politics, race, issues. I mean, there's a hundred social issues. You and I are very political people, mm-hmm. so we're kind of maybe hyper aware of some of those things. Yeah. I feel like I live in a world Brent didn't know. Mm-hmm. I look at my children and realize he didn't get to know them. Again, I know he's part of their life. I mm-hmm. know he lives on in them. It's not anything like that. But, you know, I was speaking. No, but they evolve and they become They different do. people. And they, and they, were they all don't get so to have little. the relationship with their dad at the And, and uh, he didn't with get to have age. that time yeah. with them. So, I was speaking at some event in November, which I did a lot of speaking this year, Um, and I started, sometimes I'll share a picture of us at the airport the day Brent left, and it's to emphasize the fact that it was just crazy. Here I am, Mm -hmm. I'm holding a two-month-old baby, I've got a two-year-old, I've got a four-year-old, I've got a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, and I caught myself commenting on the 10-year-old, who is now my 14-year-old son, Lincoln, Mm -hmm. who's taller than me and who looks like he's 17 who looks like he's a senior in high school he's he's stubborn he's he's a great kid he has a mullet he has a mullet (laughs) he has a mullet with the best of them people if you don't follow me on facebook you should just for the mullet pictures from last week yeah i agree but when i said those words out loud my son lincoln was 10 the day brent deployed that really hit me because 10 is little yeah lincoln was a little itty bitty boy when Brent left, and Megan was barely 12, which is still really young. I always remember that Caroline was little because a newborn baby's teeny. And I kind of have like the older kid, little kid in my head. There's almost this, even though there's not really a gap between any of them, there's kind of the older kids and the younger kids, a division in how, maybe how I treat them, maybe mm-hmm. what I expect of them. Megan and Lincoln have carried a lot of the weight these last couple of years. It's like Brent died and I disappeared speaking and all kinds of things in this whirlwind and so that's where i am this year it's december it's it's christmas time i'm reflecting over this is my charles dickens year 2021 was amazing as i sat down to flip through pictures to try to pick some for a christmas card I was like oh my gosh a lot of particularly with the 20th anniversary of 9 11 this year mm-hmm. my kids and i went to new york we went to dc we went to arizona we went to illinois and we went to georgia some of those were to visit families some were military mm-hmm. things I went back to New York. I went back to D.C. I went back. We went to Florida. I mean, I can't even remember all Mm -hmm. the different places we've been, the opportunities we've had. Some are military. Some are speaking. Some were family. And yet I feel like the grief of losing Brent is in ways heavier than it was at the beginning. You know, we all know the stages of grief and how it's Mm -hmm. not really a linear stage but that messy cycle. And I'm finding as I get more honest with myself – and as I watch my children grow and look more to the future, I'm seeing things differently. And I'm able to find peace. Like, it's not like I'm a total mess and everything's just despondent and awful. But I'm realizing what resilience really looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and what it really is, the, the long haul, which we talk about all the time. And so as I look at this Christmas holiday, one of the greatest lessons I've learned this last month comes from a counselor I know who's helping me get rid of the word Should. Good for you. Because I'm a really big should person. Mm -hmm. What should I do? How should I be? How should this look? What should we? And, um, you know, Brent and I both were duty-bound people. We're obedient by nature. We want to do what we are supposed to do. And there's nothing wrong with those things. That's a different conversation. But particularly speaking of the holidays, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for what it should look like. Yeah. Either how many presents our kids should get or how much we should expect of them or what we should decorate like or what our menu should include and little things that have or how we should deal with our grief right or how
0: we should feel about things or how, or how we, we should, should be, be, be over it by now an mm-hmm. exactly yeah.
1: and i i think if we could take should out of the holidays that's one thing that i've kind of working on giving myself permission particularly this year we're in the process of building a new home mm-hmm. i think uh, some of you might know that we've um been working with a wonderful home builder, Nielsen Homes, with a charitable organization called Have a Heart Homes where they're helping us build a home by getting the price down. They're taking out kind of their profit piece of it and and we'll pay, you know, toward it but not nearly the full price tag, which makes it affordable mm-hmm. for a family like ours. Um and we're just building in our back lot. We own the land already. And we thought you know, we thought we would have built months ago but we ran into some delays, which always happens. And now as we speak, as we get ready for Christmas, they are digging a hole in my backyard and i'm kind of already living in that other house. and so this year when we got all the decorations out of the shed and all the buckets of just christmas decor and i just looked at it and it was so overwhelming and to me it was just more mess and more clutter and we don't fit in this house and there's so much the the, the physical it's almost like claustrophobic in my home. and so we put up the christmas tree and the stockings. we've got one beautiful nativity set We've got some lights outside thanks to a friend that put them up for us. And everything else just went back in buckets. And it's okay to say this year's going to look a little different. Like I'm not going to cancel Christmas, but I'm not going to feel like we should do everything that, you've always that we've done. always done because yeah. we're supposed to or we have to. And we're still going to get together with cousins and the mm-hmm. kids will love it. And we'll still go see both grandparents between the couple of days of Christmas and Christmas Eve. But kind of letting go of what some of those shoulds are. And I would just encourage anyone listening, and I don't think it just applies at Christmas, but always, particularly those of us who are a little type A. There's a lot of shoulds in life, and some of them are really good, and we should hang on to them. Mm -hmm. But I think we could get rid of a lot of them and and ask ourselves, are there certain things we do because we choose to, because we love it, because we're passionate about it, because we think it's important? Those are Mm -hmm. great reasons. Are there some things we're doing only because we think we should or someone else thinks we should. I mean, that's even worse, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even we think we should. Well, I think they think I think I should. And so I would just encourage all of us, if we have this reflective time of year, it's busy, it's crazy, and and it's kind of a time to step back. What are the things that maybe you're doing that you only are doing because you think you should and maybe give yourself a little bit of forgiveness and peace to say, I don't have to do that, whether yeah. it's whether it's grief related or yeah. not. And
0: you said you're not canceling Christmas, but that's an option for some people. Yeah. Like just you it know, doesn't have okay. to be it's okay if you choose that. If that's easier maybe then that's okay too. And there's always next year well, there's not a guarantee yeah. that there's always next year, but
1: but there's just the idea of give yourself, give yourself the room, give your kids the mm-hmm. room. I mean, obviously my kids, your kids, they grieve differently from how you and I oh grieve. They gosh. grieve differently from each other.
0: And yeah, how important what a mess that is. It
1: is. It's a total mess. And yet, if we could take a step back and just kind of maybe let it be a mess then. Yeah. Or maybe work through the mess and not feel like we have to fix the mess or right. clean the mess or hide the mess or ignore the mess or be blamed by the mess. Right. You
0: know, I, I, I have a child who's choosing to be estranged and... um. And I have worked through my own process of that. And uh, I just choose to, like, I'm here. And one day, when you're ready. yeah. You know, we just can't control other people and other processes and where people decide to go. And all we can do is choose what's best and what's healthy for ourselves. And I haven't always chose what's best or healthy. But I've learned how to do that over time. And I, I, I actually feel like I'm the healthiest version of me that I've been in a long time. Wow. Even in spite of really difficult things that sure. I've been managing recently.
1: And maybe because of
0: yeah. the difficult
1: things. Yeah. I, I, I was reflecting on that this past weekend, all these different things. And, you know, again, kind of that frustration and anger in my head and, and just realizing, I guess there's more I can learn. Yeah, I guess there's more I can learn. And just like when we started today's conversation experiences I've been through where other people have helped me put me in a position that Monday evening to help you maybe put someone Mm -hmm. who's listening in a position to help someone else. So I really do believe what you and I've talked about so many times. Everything that happens in life doesn't necessarily happen for a reason like it had to be that way, but we can find and create reason out of everything that happens. We can learn even from our own. Really dumb mistakes. Um, You know, most of the frustration in my life is probably me. You know, it's my expectations or my my stubbornness. I don't even know the right word. Some of those things where I get the most frustrated or feel I've fallen the most short, or because I'm probably not being realistic.
0: I think we have really high expectations of ourselves. I know I do. I was the type A personality for a long time. I I still really am, but I don't. You're live re- my life you're a
1: recovering type A I'm
0: recovering type A um I, I don't live my life at a level currently that I have to like switch into that gear and I'm grateful for that but yeah you know I think that uh, oftentimes we have a lot of high expectations for ourselves and those expectations are what creates the added pressures and yeah. and when we let go of that we give ourselves room and permission to fail to To do something different to ha- be creative mm-hmm. and find a new solution, maybe something that we weren't aware of before, and I, I think and I that think, those are really great ways to cope with those kind of and I moments. think when
1: we do that, we give those around us permission to do the same, you know particularly Absolutely. our own our own children yeah. we give when we make sure we've got breathing room. It's okay to give them breathing room yeah. and, and realize we're going to look at things differently from each other, from mm-hmm. our friends, from our neighbor, from our kids, from our parents. And that's okay. Yeah. It's a, and a process, okay. you
0: know, uh, dealing with the situation that happened, some things came up between my kids and I and, and my kids all had their own grief response to it and their own reaction and then their own res- expectation of how I would respond. And when I didn't, that kind of threw them out for a loop and That's been an interesting process for me to watch, too. And I have to remind myself that just because I've gone through some internal changes, they have not been a part of those internal changes. So now they are having to go, oh, wait, mom's changed and her boundaries look a little bit different. And and that creates different responses in them as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of challenges around the holidays, around things that happen that may not be positive like a motorcycle accident or an illness or you know a million other things so anyway
1: you had some uh yes we are going to take one quick break and then we're going to come back um and we're going to talk a little bit more about how to get through this holiday season and why i think january is so fabulous i love mondays and i love january which is kind of unusual we'll be right back Okay, so I know we've made this sound like this doom and gloom, (laughs) the darkness of Christmas, but Christmas really is a beautiful time of year. Um, I'm grateful that I still have all my little kids at home because, of course, they keep the Christmas magic alive no matter how much I might get overwhelmed by it. Um, Silly elf on the shelf. Bless you. Ellie wakes up every morning, can't wait to find the elf. Jonathan wakes up every morning, can't wait to open his little advent calendar. And so those little magical moments are good reminders for me Uh that... Just take a deep breath. But I will tell you, um, I've come to love New Year's, and not just because I hate Christmas, but mostly because I love New Year's. I do love the idea of new beginnings, and I love the idea of new opportunities and, and not new expectations because, of course, that would counter everything we just said. But if you think about the name January, if you do a little research, it comes from the ancient god whose name was Janus, And oh. you can Google this. I'm not making it up. There is an image, and maybe we'll post this with the show on social media. You'll find kind of what looks like an an ancient coin. And it will show the god Janice, and Janice has two faces. Oh. And the two faces, one is old and weathered and exhausted like you and me looking back. (laughs) And then one is young and vibrant and looks ahead. And think about how beautiful that is. That's what January is. It should be a time of reflection and A little bit of exhaustion because if we've just lived through an entire year, particularly years like these last couple of years have been, there's no question we've got more wrinkles, more gray hair, and we're just more tired. And yet January also offers that opportunity for that young side of us, that vibrant positive forward looking. Right.
0: The creativity, right? Yes. We all want to be creative. What is what do we want to create with our lives in the next twelve yes, months? And, and I the, love the, that. the hope, right? The, yes. the excitement of hope.
1: Something to promise. look forward to. And it's not um and I think what's so important, I love that God Janice with the two faces is you can't really look forward without being aware of what's behind you. Now, that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you need to dwell on it or blame on it, but certainly learn from, take it with you. And so I get really excited. I know there are people who choose a phrase for the year. Maybe people choose a word for the year. My word this year to commit to all of you is build. And um, obviously it comes in the symbolism of building this new home. It's something that we started talking about right after Brent died and we've run into stumbling block after stumbling block. But um, as I think about this, You know, for the last three years, it feels like a lot of things have fallen apart, like an onion just unpeeling Mm -hmm. layer after layer. And now the kids and I are going to build. We're going to create. We're going to do something intentional that's putting things together rather than, you know, the pandemic and everything that came Mm -hmm. with school and sports disappeared and everything after Brent died. It just feels like everything's just spiraled out of control. And so while we're building this home, I'm trying to be more mindful of Building um, some routines. I need to build Mm -hmm. some systems. Like, I'm not used to being a mom that needs childcare outside Mm of, you know, maybe an appointment or two here or there, but building some routines with my kids. My older kids are old enough to help with meals and cleaning, and my oldest daughter drives and sometimes can help with carpool. But everything, we have lived such a fast pace that I'm really excited for this January and the year ahead to just. Build some routines, build some systems, um, build some accountability. You and I were joking before Mm -hmm. we started today, you know, in the past three or four years, I've really not been accountable to anybody for like (laughs) money or eating or health or anything because I'm the mom and the mom said so and the mom's in charge. And, you know, there's not Brent to kind of have some of these discussions Uh with, at least not in person. And so I'm putting in some parameters for this year to not just set lofty goals that I'm going to disappoint myself with by March. But some real structure in place, and structure and building are kind of my my focuses for 2022. I think back on 2018, and how foolishly I declared it my year in January. You know, that was the year Brent was deploying. I just gave him birth for the seventh time. He was about to leave. I bought a calendar to put on the wall that had all 12 months at once. I had color coded pens. I was gonna like dominate. My Type A was gonna (laughs) get me through the deployment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because you know what 2018 looked like. And, you know, a lot of well, people... not only that, I, I've been Because <laughs> you've person. been there, yeah. <laughs> and 2018, you know, 2018 was the year Brent died. But I will tell you, 2018 kicked my fanny over and over again long before Brent died. And by yeah. the time Brent died, that's kind of where my white flag came out of I Give. Because 2018 itself you know, had
0: been so hard. I actually love hearing your story because you were like, I... I need Brent to come home. You were on a, a weekend girls yeah, retreat. I was, and, and I, you and you I were, said, I can't do this
1: anymore. It's a good thing. You, he's you were almost home. so
0: done. And you were like, I'm so looking forward to it. And then that very weekend, yeah. you find out, isn't that crazy how life is? Yeah. I mean, you can't, I often say this about my life. <laughs>
1: You can't manufacture this. No, you you couldn't couldn't make a movie like this. Well, and how often? How often do we say when we hear of someone going through something awful? We'll Mm -hmm. say, "Oh my gosh, I could never do that." Well, guess what? I could never do this either, and Mm -hmm. you could never do that, and none of us could ever do any of the things, and yet here we are, we're doing them. And I think again, that's why I love I love New Year's. I feel like it's an opportunity. To slow down a little bit, January, particularly in Utah, it's a little slower month. Yeah, the weather kind of really miserable. <laughs> well, the, the weather forces you to slow down. There's not as much, um, you know, you have to slow down on the roads because it's snowing, icy. I feel like there's a lot of symbolism. Yeah. Um, vegetation seems, is dead and dormant I was during just January. Say that. It's such a dark, everything's gray, Right? Yes.
0: January is like it. It feels like everything sleeps to me. But
1: how awesome if we were to take advantage of some of that mm-hmm. time? And I think I really learned to do this last year because January of 2021, we all got COVID and we were home for six weeks, which all of us, that's a lot to be home for six weeks. But in those six weeks, I, you know, we slowed down. Yeah. We paused. We looked at a lot of things. And I look back now and I think how grateful I am. That was kind of forced upon us because of the health situation. And yet now I'm thinking, okay, here comes January. It's, um, it is a, it is a slower time of year. There's not a lot of Army things in January. There's not a lot of patriotic things mm-hmm. in January. We don't travel a ton in January. And so I'm really looking forward not just to New Year's Day itself, but to this time of year where we reflect those two faces, the older, wiser, weathered, exhausted, oh, my gosh, we survived another year of mortality. Yeah. With the excitement and the energy and the hope that, you know what, there's there's probably things I could do better In 2022 by simply doing them different, maybe letting go of some of those shoulds and those expectations. And I think as much as I know resilience requires people and, you know, reaching out to these SOS people and backup, I'm putting more accountability parameters in place for me because I think. Uh, I need it. It's personal for me. Don't know about mm-hmm. all the rest of you listening, but um, I know that there's a lot of things where I have great intentions and things I want to do and I'm going to do and I'm going to get to it. And then life gets busy and overwhelming. And if I don't kind of have a scheduled time to check in on mm-hmm. this or that thing, it, it doesn't necessarily happen. So I'm building again, building, mm-hmm. that's my word, building some parameters, building some systems, kind of rebuilding some just habits and routines like for a while there, I'm not sure what we even ate for dinner. Did I even cook right after Brent died? Mm-hmm. No. What did we? Chick Fil A? I'm not sure. Sponsored by Chick Fil A drive-through. So I'm I'm really looking forward to 2022. Knock on wood. Like, don't jinx anyone. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of stepping back a little bit with my kids. I'm realizing my two older kids are going to be gone in a minute. Like you said, mm-hmm. you became an empty nester right after John died. I that to me would be so incredibly hard because again, it's my kids that. Make me say, okay, fine, we'll celebrate Christmas this year. But um, Megan is talking about moving to college in a year and a half. Uh, You know, Lincoln already is old enough to not listen to a word I say. (laughs) And all the other little ones, they just grow. And I can't I, believe
0: he's 14. I it? look at him.
1: Everyone. I, I look at him and I'm like, he's like, he's got to be like 17. I know. But do you remember when you had babies and diapers and everyone yeah. said, it goes so fast. fast. Enjoy it. You're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't go so fast. Every day feels like 100 years of poopy diapers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it goes so fast. So <laughs> 2022, I would encourage all of our listeners, whether you pick a word or a phrase or a theme or just a focus. Like mm-hmm. what is, what do you hope by December of 2022 what do you maybe hope that you've internally learned or done or grown? Because again, we can't control. We have proven these last several years we don't get to choose the details. We don't get to choose the circumstances. Life can spiral out of control so quickly. And so what do we choose within ourselves? Within yep. our own thinking, our own emotions, the relationships, the people we choose to spend time with and the people we choose to say, I don't I don't have the energy for that relationship right. or that toxicity maybe. Right. What do you think, Michelle? How do we no, look to 2022? Absolutely. So
0: you're you're hiring bookkeepers and personal trainers. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> it's getting I serious. I hired a life
0: coach. And, oh. And I've been
1: doing and a And then life... you're going to be a life coach and <laughs> I, I will bet. hire you.
0: <laughs> I actually have been in a life coach program and I, I kind of stopped it short um, because when you start these coaching programs, you start processing your own stuff yeah. and, and it becomes overwhelming. So I've decided to get through the rest of it. I have to
1: hire my own coach. I love it. And but so, I love how intentional you're being about that rather I than, am. you know, sweeping it under the rug or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have some personal goals. I have some
0: things that I'm going to be doing um, beyond. Uh, I, I'm not going to make an announcement here.
1: <laughs> now we're all going to be like hanging on 2022. What's Michelle going to tell us sometime this It'll year? It'll be the
0: first week of the year. You'll hear oh, all about it. Okay. So, um, So I have some professional things that i'm going to do i am going to continue on with the life coaching stuff i'm very passionate about that um it, it, that's just going to be a kind of a side gig of things that I, i'm very wholeheartedly interested in but but will probably not take the full center stage of my life but um i bought a peloton a few months ago i actually had a get a, an iPad to, to be able to use this thing. <laughs> and I'm finally to the place where I can use it. I had a su- surgery scheduled twice this last year, had to cancel them both one, the last time because my son's accident. It's supposed to happen next year. I, I'm not a hundred percent committed one way or the other right now at, at this point. Cause it's, it was a pretty m- massive surgery for myself. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Last year, I did a vision board, and I had printed off this tag that said, you better Belize it, which oh, was so funny. Good. And a week later, my friend called me up and said, hey, we're going to Belize. You want to come with us? And so, um, so you threw it out in a universe, girl. I, I threw it out in the universe, and it immediately came back within a week. Now, the other things on my board, not so much, <laughs> um, but a lot of those were not necessarily really desires in my heart either and i as i've been looking at that board i realized <clears throat> some of the things i put on there were not really connected to to my heart like my heart of hearts of value yeah one of the things that was on there was about a relationship and i i have started into a relationship this last year and it's fairly new and who knows where it'll go but i'm excited for the first time I can honestly say I've learned to love this person. I don't know how deep and how uh, where that's going to go, right. um, but I I definitely have a love for this man who's shown up in my life and a, a great deal of respect for who he is, and um, and I'm excited about the future. About okay, this is th-
1: exciting. So here's we we should uh. post this on our social media. We just we need to ask some of our listeners. This is like we should put this on Facebook and Instagram. What are some of your visions for 2022? I think it's exciting to, but again, be careful not to overwhelm yourself with every goal of, you know, disappointment by March 1st. Right. But kind of, I think for me, the best kind of goal setting for this new year is kind of the conceptual. Not so much the detail of every little thing I'm going to do and check off the list because I'm really good at checking off lists. But I'm looking a little more holistic this year for me i 'm kind of stepping back it 's a little more internal, a little more intentional. I think sometimes with internal and intentional comes a little bit of pain you know yeah. it's like, yeah. it 's like who it was Jenny Howe that said if counseling 's really working it 's painful at first because you 've really got to be honest with yourself, whatever it is you 're kind of working through, and so we can be a little more honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. find a few s o s buddies to be accountable to and mm-hmm. honest with on the good days and the bad days. And then let's check back in with each other and see how we're we doing should. We should as 2022 be, we goes by. We should have
0: an accountability ch- quarterly checkup for where we're at and how we're doing yeah. uh, between us and then our listeners. It'd yeah. be great.
1: Okay. We're going to grow together. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to us this past year plus, particularly this yeah. 2021, as it's just been such a Ugh. crazy Charles Dickens of a year, the best of times and the worst of times. So fun. We started off this podcast with
0: having people come in and it was such an intimate space and it, it was we had an ability to connect with people in a way that was very intimate and, and share their stories. We immediately got thrown out of that because of COVID and we sure. had to do this virtual all over the phone where we're disconnected and we aren't able to have that face to face contact. You and I have been able to mostly be in contact. There was a few weeks that KSL said, no, even you guys get to yeah. do this remotely, but, um, But for the most part, you and I have been able to grow that relationship and that connection. It's been a little bit of a challenge. I hope eventually we get to bring people back into the studio where we can. But it's also great because we get to connect with people that are not necessarily even in Utah.
1: Well, and I think we've learned that we could make an excuse. Oh, we can't do this because we can't get together or we can be innovative. I love how you kept today saying we're going to create. We're going yeah. to create a new path. Yep. And so as we face 2022 with all of our goals and our dreams and our ambitions and our vision boards, let's also be mindful that probably a lot of stuff's not going to go as planned. Yeah, And maybe what's our plan B or plan C? And let's help ourselves be open to the fact that we might not even know what plan B looks like. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, And we can let go of the need to have everything color-coded on the wall calendar yeah. from January 1st, even though that's really what I want to do. So, you know, we can breathe through it. It's really interesting. I put things
0: on that vision board. And what I've realized looking at that vision board over this last year is like, why did I put that thing on that? That is something that I don't really necessarily value, whether I have it or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. And and it's made me really think I'm going to do another vision board. In fact, I think I'll I'll go get those supplies for it today and, and start working on it. I'm inspired by this conversation. Yeah. And I really want to put the things on there that really create the value that I want to create in my life in the next yes, year. Yes.
1: And give yourself permission to change those things. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I've, one of our other guests earlier this year, Lindley Baker, if you guys remember her, she um, she's written a book about living your dreams and not being afraid to do what you really want to do. And she and I spoke a lot earlier this year about what are the things you really value? I mean, it's easy on the surface to say, here's a goal, here's a goal, here's a goal. Well, I don't just mean a thing, a task, a to-do. Let's look a little deeper. Who, who are you? What makes you tick? What, what fills your bucket, so to mm-hmm. speak? What makes you happy? What are some things maybe you want to step back from? What are some things you want to jump into because you've been hesitant so long and you're just not going to? You know, I think that's where we can really go, all of us listening, Michelle, you and I together. As we work on being relentlessly resilient, I think it also means we need to be continually reflective we need to be vulnerable and honest with ourselves, which is sometimes mm-hmm. the hardest person to be honest with. Yeah. And then have kind of that accountability. So there's our recipe for 2022. You've got to be relentlessly resilient, be vulnerable and honest, and find yourself somebody to be accountable with. And then give yourself the room to breathe. If something that's on your vision board in January doesn't really click anymore by February or November, that's okay. And if there's something you want to replace it with, that's okay. Let's throw away the shoulds and really look at what makes us tick. Let's look deeper inside of ourselves. Because I think when we do that, we're going to allow those around us to live the same way. And it's going to have this beautiful ripple effect where we're, like you just said, more meaningful direction of my life. Not what task do I want to click off my list today. What kind of relationships do I want to create? What kind of emotional space do I want in my heart and my mind? What energy do I want around me and around my children, around my memories, around my past, everything? Mm-hmm. Let's look kind of at that bigger picture. I'm excited to see your vision board. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for this conversation. I'm excited. I, You know, I. <laughs> we start talking about your favorite holiday in Thanksgiving when I shared with you mine. And so I've been dying to hear all of the whys behind it. I totally
1: get it. I love it. Yeah, it has nothing to do with counting down to midnight on New Year's Eve. It's what New Year's is. And listen, if you're listening... And I like that it's not just that moment, right? No. It's not about that moment. It's about the entire month of of January. It's the season of reflection. And really, I wouldn't have New Year's if we didn't have the Christmas season where there's that busy hustle bustle of love and charity and chaos and fun and childlike wonder... And that feeds into the reflection of, okay, what about this next year? So here's what we really- Well, and there is
0: that letdown, right? That week after. So we have Christmas and then we have that kind of remorseful kind of- Now what? Now what? And it it is a great time to reflect and and get prepared. We can make
1: it a positive time rather than that. I'm so excited.
0: I actually am going to go spend some time with my new boyfriend. (laughs)
1: Woohoo! All right. Here's what we need from our listeners for 2022. We need you to tell us your stories. Every other yeah. week, we air an episode of this podcast, and we've had some amazing, wonderful people who've been willing to share their heart, their trials and their triumphs, their lessons learned, their tips and tricks. We know if you're listening, you've been through something hard. We know it. Yeah. We absolutely know it. Would we you know consider it because you're alive because you you are living <laughs> because and breathing. you exist?
0: There's would, been hard stuff. <laughs> would you be
1: willing in 2022 to share your story with us and our listeners? You yeah. can reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, uh, Relentlessly Resilient. Instagram, Relentlessly Resilient Podcast. You can direct message either of us or you can email us at rrpodcast at com. You can find Michelle. You can find me. We're both on social media. Please consider sharing not only what you've been through, but what you're learning as you've gone through it. Our listeners need to hear from you and that's what's going to make 2022 so great. So find us uh, find us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a like, a rating, and a review. We just want to make the show better and deeper and more meaningful yeah. through 2022. More connections. More connections, yes. Yeah. So reach out to us because we want to hear your story. We want to learn from and with you.
0: And remember, whatever you do, Remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles others are dealing with in their own lives. Have a great day. Merry
1: Christmas. (laughs) A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
0: Started two years of horror for an American in
1: Venezuela. They said...